welcome welcome to Bantu book review thanks for joining me again this week let's jump straight into hate it or love it which is really love it because I would not waste my time talking about a book that I hated so this week as always I love the book that is on our list and we have Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler Up. And I want to take a brief moment to read the description of the book so that you all can get a better understanding of what the book is about. If you have not read it, and if it is the case that you have not read it, go ahead and read it because, come on, what are you waiting for? This book is awesome, highly recommended. So Parable of the Sower is the odyssey of one woman who is twice as feeling in a world that has become doubly dehumanized. The time is 2025, the place is California, where small walled communities must protect themselves from desperate hordes of scangers and roaming bands of drug addicts. When one such community is overrun, Lauren Olamina, an 18-year-old black woman, sets off on foot, moving north along the dangerous coastal highways. Lauren is a sharer, one who suffers from hyper-empathy, the ability to feel others' pain as well as her own. So again, I can't stress enough how good this book was. And funny story, before I actually read the book, I was pronouncing sower as sour because that was the word that was used when the book was recommended to me. So I was saying parable of the sour, which is incorrect. It's parable of the sower. And there's an analogy of in the book of uh, plants and growth and the earth, and seed, and sowing. So it's really, really good. And like I said, you should read it. And if you haven't read it, shame on you. Go ahead and read it, and I'll forgive you. But let me start by sharing with you a really good quote from the book that says, God is change, and in the end, God prevails. But God exists to be shaped. It isn't enough for us to just survive, limping along, playing business as usual, while things get worse and worse. If that's the shape we give to God, then someday we must become too weak, too poor, too hungry, too sick to defend ourselves. Then we'll be wiped out. There has to be more that we can do. A better destiny that we can shape. Another place, another way, something. Whew. Yes, Lauren. Change is going to come when and only when we change things we can't wait. So this book is written in a way... That's kind of like the stream of consciousness for a young girl. She's about 16, maybe 17 at the beginning of the book. And she grows older as time goes on. And we are able to journey with her through her experiences throughout the book. But like I said, it's really, really good. Um, just to add a little bit more to the description it's a lot of craziness that's happening in the world and the world as Lauren knows it is coming to an end in the same way that the world as we know it now is coming to an end. So this book was really relatable. It has so many parallels to our society in the sense that there's like terror and so much destruction happening around us, but even though all these things are so apparent, the people of the neighborhood, the people in the world, neighbors, friends, family, everybody's just kind of normalizing this trauma. And 
the people are continually being beaten, abused every which way, being defrauded by their government. And somehow everybody's making excuses. People are trying to be politically correct. But in reality, people are fighting for their lives. It's everyone for self. And there's this like adaptation to worsening circumstances, which is really not the solution at all. Um, but that's what's happening. So Lauren was a young girl, as I mentioned, she decided to do something about it, which is really, really critical and really inspiring because she says, Hey, listen, I don't know what to do about what's happening around me. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know if I can trust people to say the things that are really on my mind and the things that are really in my heart, but I know I have to say it. I know I have to do something. And she does it. And it's not perfect. And it's really inspiring because I feel like that's the call and that's the challenge for each of us every single day to try to be better than yesterday and do it again each time. So, yeah, this book was really good. Um, And Lauren is a person, a character in the book who was very well developed, very strong female character. And I really identify with her a lot. Um, she learned a lot of things the hard way. Lot, very hard hit a girl. Um, because at first she's like, listen, I know what's up. I know what we need to do. Here's the deal. But she confided in a friend who was afraid and a friend who was not comfortable with not doing things by the book and not abiding the status quo. And she learned from her dad who found out about it that essentially you cannot scare people into doing what's best for them, right? You got to teach them, but also accept that some people won't learn. Some people are going to get left behind. Some people would rather endure abuse from the devil they know than to trust themselves and take matters into their own hands to make a change. So Lauren decided and she was one of few people who made the decision, but she decided I don't care how hard it is. I have to do something. I'm going to do something. I don't care who's with me. I don't care if I'm alone. I'm a go. I'm a step. And she did exactly that. So she had to make a way for herself. And not just any way, but a way that was aligned with her values, a way that played to her strengths. And she knew that to do things the way that she saw fit, she needed to be prepared and she needed to execute the plan that she developed so she did exactly that and the book oh my gosh I don't want to ruin it by giving you a whole bunch of details that stood out to me that may not stand out to you just check it out read it and tell me what you think but this was an awesome job I can totally relate um especially since there are so many changes happening for me personally at this time where I'm having to make a way for myself moving forward and a way that's aligned with my personal values and the things that are inside of my heart. So, you know, trying to make it to a better place. Um, and that's not going to happen by waiting. And, and that was something that was really, really just a recurring theme throughout the book. I actually had a book club and this was the book that we read for the book club. And it was an intergenerational conversation. So many ladies came out to discuss what we thought of the book. And it was beautiful to hear the different perspectives. And so many people expressed the fact that they 
also agreed that Lauren was awesome. She was strong. She was brave, courageous in a way that maybe we can't all see ourselves being in situations so dire as hers. But the cool thing about Lauren and one thing that we discussed in the club was just the fact that when it comes to leadership and when it comes to stepping up to the plate and doing what has to be done, even the person who sometimes is at the forefront of a movement may not feel entirely prepared for the job, but you got to do it. Like you're called upon to do certain things and you grow as you go in certain scenarios. So that's really inspiring to know that like, listen, you don't have to have it all together, but you got to get it done. So get it done to the best of your abilities and learn as much as you can from the people around you. But more than anything, don't ignore the truth. And I think that was the biggest thing that resonated with me. This idea that what is real and what is true cannot be denied. And you can take however long you want to face the truth and to face the reality of a situation, but it's going to catch up to you. And it's better to be prepared than not. It's better to be on the offense than defense and and to not be reactive and to execute a plan that you developed because you were facing the facts instead of trying to see things for what you wanted to be for what you want them to be excuse me so yeah the protagonist lauren as i mentioned was not a person who shied away from the reality of a situation and that was really really inspiring awesome book as i mentioned there is a sequel parable of the talents i will be reading that to see what happens next because lauren has this bigger plan like she of course has to respond to what's happening around her what's happening in her immediate environment but at the same time she has plans that go far above and beyond the call of action for today so society like i said is falling apart can't trust the government, can't trust even your neighbors, the people around you. There's so much strife, so much hardship going on around her. But she decides, I want to make a community and be a part of a community that's something better. And that calls upon us to be our best selves and to be better to one another and to the people around us and the best versions of ourselves. And so she is striving to develop a community um, that is apart from this broken society that she's currently participating in. So she's on her way. And by the end of the book, she's a little bit closer, not quite there. And so I'm excited to see what happens next in the sequel. And I'm definitely going to be reading that and then sharing my thoughts with you all. For now, I will not spoil the book. I'm going to move on to the emotionally intelligent word of the day, which is inspired by this book. So, in this book, I was feeling so many things at once. Um, first, panicked, and then motivated, because when I tell you it's mayhem, it's craziness. Like, there's so much happening in, in California, which is where the book is, ex which, where, which is where the book is set. Um, I don't remember the specific city, because they traveled throughout California to get to a better place, which is further north. Um which I'm sure is no accident, you know, always traveling northward for better 
and for brighter and for more opportunities. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're traveling northward through California to create a better life for themselves. Really, more than finding a better life, they're trying to create a better life for themselves. Um, and Lauren has like a a group of folks that come to be part of the community that she will ultimately build. But I felt panicked in the beginning because there were so many threats coming from left and right and the environment wasn't safe and there was just too much going on. But then I felt motivated by the end of the book and convicted. Um, and so those are my words. Um, and one quote in the book that really resonated with me that concerns emotional intelligence is this. Sometimes naming a thing, giving it a name or discovering its name helps one to begin to understand it. Knowing the name of a thing and knowing what that thing is gives me even more of a handle on it. So I think I mentioned this already, but the book is written in such a way, it's kind of like stream of consciousness for Lauren. So she's actually journaling and recounting the things that are happening to her as they're happening or like shortly thereafter. So it's journal style. Like if you just read what someone had gone through shortly after they had dealt with the situation, this is, this is how she's sharing with us. And so it's raw and uncut and... She is talking about the fact that sometimes dealing with something becomes easier when you identify exactly what it is that you're dealing with. And I agree totally. And this really resonated with me so much because I found that this is one of the ways that I've been best able to regulate my feelings and understand my feelings and work through them to get to a better, more healthy mental and emotional space. Um, so yes, as we build our emotional vocabulary, um, it's important that we do name those feelings and do name the things that we're going through. Um, we have to call them out and address them in order to make them real and journey toward the validation and the healing that we need. So what? Why does this matter? Who cares? It matters that we observe what's going on around us and speak up about it. Um, because once we make it real by calling it out, then action comes after that, right? But first we have to kind of assess what's going on around us. So briefly, I recently saw a film. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want promo coming from my way. But essentially it was a, a, about precious gems in Africa and it was this white couple who was telling the story of going to Africa and finding these gems and blah 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 really they didn't find the gems they're miners and workers who are going into the depths of the earth <laughs> plowing through to find these gemstones and then they find these gemstones and essentially turn this over to people who then do some other things and like sell them at a crazy premium. But (sighs) 
the thing that was upsetting was one, the fact that I was there. <laughs> Cause I knew it was going to be some bull as soon as I stepped in there, but I went at the request of one of my partners. I went to see the film and at the end of it, they're like really pushing sustainability as a top priority, as a thing that's most important. And they're saying all these things and giving these messages before we see the film. And then after the film, it turns out the sustainability means something entirely different when applied in their way than it would mean for me. Um, so yeah, they're saying sustainability is a top priority in the jewel industry, they're jewel makers and blah, 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 right? We want to continue this business. We want this business to thrive, but it's really from like a self-centered perspective in the sense that like we want our business and our profits and our wealth to be sustained consistently in the future and beyond. Whereas the sustainability was not happening from start to finish, from like when the jewel is found and through production. So yeah, it was really frustrating because at the same time that they're like championing sustainability as a top priority, they're in the next breath saying that donations were required and priding themselves, mind you. Donations are required to help the very same workers who found these gems that made them so rich. And it was really upsetting to me, this exploitation. Because it's like, listen, sustainable for who? You only. Because sustainability means donations are not required. If you're paying prices that promote the sustainability you preach as being so important. If sustainability is really your top priority, it wouldn't be necessary for you to give things that people would have been able to work and earn on their own. If your prices were sustainable, if your ethics were aligned with what it is that you're discussing. So <sighs> exploitation, all dressed up and pretty and nice and sugar-coated um, and packaged for people who are like not really at all concerned with their fellow man, their neighbors. Um, and so, yeah, all this matters. I said all this, share this story. It's probably all over the place, but I share this story to really say that it's important to be attentive to what is really going on, to take it all in, in spite of the fact that it sometimes hurts to look at what's happening around us and to take it in. Um, it's important to be attentive and to really see what's happening around us because the price of ignorance is really just too high. We have to fight for our lives through preparation and initiative. We can't allow these people to take advantage of us, to capitalize on us. In the instance of the gems, like, these people work their asses off to find these gems. And the value of the gem post-exportation is so much higher. And ugh, I could just go so far. But the takeaway for me was just fighting for our lives actively, attentively. So let me know, you guys, um, what you're doing 
Tell me how you're fighting for your lives. If you read this book, Parable of the Sower, what did you think? If you have not read the book, what are you waiting for? Read it and then read the next one with me, Parable of the Talents. Shout outs. Shout out to the people who are doing the work as always. Um, I have three shout outs this week. The first goes out to categorizedsweets.com. I'm not going to shut up. This website is so important. Categorizedsweets.com. Type it in. See what it's about. Learn what your representatives are standing for and learn whether they should be representing us in the first place. We read too. So that is my second shout out for this week. There is an initiative called We Read Too. It's actually an app um, and it is created by a black woman who calls herself a book lover with a cause. Her name's Kaya Thomas and We Read Too is a directory of hundreds of picture, chapter, middle grade, and young adult books written by authors of color featuring main characters of color. Whether you are a parent, librarian, teacher, or student, We Read Too is the best resource for you to find diverse books for youth readers. So I thought this was really, really dope. And I'm definitely going to be choosing books from We Read Too on Bantu Book Review (laughs) because I'm all about representation. It matters. It's critical. So check out We Read Too. The last shout out is for Mood Meter app. Excuse me, Mood Meter app. And I love Mood Meter app. This is the first shout out, but I've actually been using Mood Meter app constantly. Um, It's the app that I actually use to help me with my emotional vocabulary and building it. It's uh, also an app, just like We Read Too, the Mood Meter app is a gift of self-awareness for yourself and for others and it's based on decades of research from Yale so the mood meter app allows you to kind of build your emotional vocabulary by discovering the nuances in your feelings it's like uh, an x and y axis that ranges from high to low energy and then positive to negative energy so The levels of your energy intersect with the positivity or negativity of your energy to give you the name of what you're actually feeling. So like high energy that is positive would be something like elated or excited. Whereas high energy but negative energy would be something like furious or enraged. Whereas low energy and negativity would be something like depressed maybe um so there are four quadrants so the upper right hand quadrant is high energy and positivity whereas the bottom left hand quadrant is negativity and lower energy it's a very visual app color coded so it's easier to see what i'm saying as opposed to hearing what i'm saying check it out it's really really helpful gain insights about your inner life Regulate your feelings, check in with yourself, name those feelings. It's so important. That's my final shout out for this week. That is the end of the episode. Go and get Parable of the Sower. Tell me what you think at Bantu Book Review. Thank you, thank you again for listening this week. And I will see you next week, guys.